server-side tracking has come about because of the whole cookie-less world that we're all heading into. So when you do server-side tracking, the data that was being handled by the cookies on your browser is now being pushed off to a third-party server. This server now becomes essentially first-party tracking. To give you some stats on what we're seeing, typically clients, when they go to server-side tracking, are seeing a 10 to 30% increase in attribution to the various platforms. So the amount of traffic that's being classified as direct and none is going down, and we're seeing this 10 to 30% increase in attribution for wherever you're sending your traffic from, Facebook Pay, Google Pay, or wherever it might be. Is 2023 the year you launch the merch store for your brand? If you're looking for a new revenue line and a way to increase brand loyalty and LTV, you might want to consider it, especially when there's players out there like Printful that make it easy to build your brand's line of merch without any of the operational headaches of inventory management or stock forecasting. Printful's product options run the gamut from socks to hoodies to home decor and everything super high quality with printing options that will look amazing with your brand's design on it. If you've got merch on the mind in 2023, think Printful and go to printful.com slash enterprise to start creating today. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric. This is the D2C Podcast. I'm here with Richard Clement for another absolutely riveting but entirely necessary dig out of Google Analytics and GA4. I wanted to start with something basic. We don't have this on the notes here, but I just wanted to start with anyone in the audience who's who's newer that isn't maybe using Google Analytics. Like, describe the stack for ad buying as you see it and the role of Google Analytics for someone maybe just starting out. Mm, good question. And, and riveting, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Um, I, I think it's that ability to have a source of truth, Eric, is is what I, what I view Google Analytics as. You know, when you look at Google ads, when you look at Facebook ads, when you look at TikTok ads, whatever else you're doing, they've all got their own take on, on their conversions and, and attribution, et cetera. So you need a source of truth. And for me, Google Analytics is that, is that source of truth. So it's kind of my, my go-to place if I'm looking at Google ads and going, okay, this is great, but you know, how is this looking <laughs> in, the, in the big picture? And uh, you know, Shopify and these other platforms have got, have got their, their own data, but Google Analytics goes that much deeper than, than what you get with Shopify or any comp platform. So, so for me, it's, it's, a, it's a really good source of truth. And it gives you, you know, any number of views on your data that you, that you can figure out how to show and parse up. But can you just give an example of like the most important sort of report or the most important view that you would look at when looking at a Google Analytics report for an e-commerce store? I think my, my for the first place I always go to in, in GA is I go into the acquisition section. <clears throat> I have a look at the traffic and the source mediums because I want to see where all the traffic is coming from and how each of those source mediums is actually performing. So the kind of the default report that you get has got your number of users, sessions, bounce rates, conversion rates, revenue. Yeah, so kind of that, that one quick summary. And if we're being, if we're going full newbie, we have to go back and be, because there's probably marketers starting out that, that don't know about UTMs, that don't use UTMs, right? And in order to get that source medium data at a raw level, you need to be making sure that every link you post has UTM equals, you know, source me and source medium. So like if, if you're listening and you're a beginner out there, there's so many sites out there that just can go help you easily populate your links with, with all the, the, the source medium things to create your, your UTMs links properly. But it's absolutely a prerequisite for making uh, Google Analytics work. Absolutely. I mean, tagging, yeah, and, and using the UTMs correctly because they are case sensitive. 
you know, so you know, if you, if you don't use them correctly, you'll end up with Facebook with a capital F and with a lowercase f and <laughs> and all sort of stuff, you know. So so you do need to use it correctly. But that is, you're absolutely right. Getting back to the basics, tagging everything, email, Facebook ads, TikTok ads, you know, even links on your own site, you know, if you want to see where people are, are going to getting getting all of that properly tagged, that is one of the secrets for sure. Of getting, and you can go down to the ad level if you want to be really granular about it, right? You can tag all the way down to different creative variables and all those things in the UTMs. Yep, yep, yep. Nice. Absolutely. UTMs. Okay, so, and we, we covered this last time, but refresh my memory quickly about the big changes in GA4 versus GA3. Ooh, so GA4 is totally event-driven, whereas GA3 was all about the session um, and hits. Going really back, <laughs> back in the day. Um, so yeah, so GA four is totally, totally event driven. So that's the kind of the fundamental difference between the two platforms. And in doing so, everything now has become a has become an event. So even a page view is now an event. Um, and you're probably thinking, well, you know, how does that work? The good thing about having having events, and I was going to kind of touch on this probably a bit later, but. You can then you can attach all sorts of parameters to events. So even the kind of the page view event, um, there's all sorts of parameters you can now attach to a to a page view event, which will tell you you know the referring page, the URL of the page, yeah, all sorts of stuff that um, you didn't used to be able, you didn't used to be able to. So it's so that's the fundamental difference. And in doing so, it, it actually has made Google Analytics a, a whole lot better. And what what it's lost, I guess, because the session would be tied to the user, right? This, there'd be a user agent and there'd be a session length. That the, but because of all the, the cookie apocalypse, they're losing that ability to tie it to the duration. So instead, they're trying to take disparate events and then use machine learning to tie those events into customer personas. Is that a layman's? Yes. <laughs> That's Ish. pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get too technical. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, you'll, people will be switching off, and uh, and, they, and they won't be. We they won't did find say riveting. We that? did say riveting. We, we did, did say riveting. riveting. Did say so riveting. let's just move into let's move into like a really tangible mistakes and opportunities you are seeing with some clients who are moving over uh, to GA four. Yeah, for sure. So first of all. Believe it or not, Eric, some people still have not moved to GA4. They've done nothing uh, about setting GA4 up. So for, for the people who've been living under, under rocks, um, GA3 will stop collecting data on the 30th of June or 1st of July. Um, so you know there will be no more data coming into your GA3 property, your UA property. So you know if you haven't already, absolutely get onto it, get a GA4 uh, property set up. Assuming you have, have set it up, I think the next biggest thing, um, although Google are now trying to do something about this, which I'll come to in a second, but people aren't setting up their exclusions. So for example, you know, if you've got a, an e-com site and you're using shop uh, pay, you're using PayPal payments, you don't want traffic coming from there. You know, so if people are on your site, they jump off to shop.app to, you know, to pay, it comes back and suddenly Google Analytics shows you know this amazing conversion rate from this traffic source called shop.app. Well, that's not a traffic source. That's your that's your payment provider. So so using exclusion lists properly within within GA4 is probably the next biggest uh, kind of mistake opportunity that, that we that we see. People are kind of forgetting to connect up things like Google Ads. So like UA GA3 um, GA4 has the ability to connect 
to certain properties. A lot of them, of course, are, are Google, but forgetting to connect Google Ads um, is definitely something else uh, that we that we see. Audiences, you know, if you're going to use um, audiences for analysis uh, and or kind of retargeting, then you know Google Analytics is a great place to do it. You know, you can do it within Google Ads and other other places, but but uh, the GA is is probably the best place to do it. Uh, again, you know, using that kind of source of truth analogy. So, so setting up your audiences, people are kind of mis- forgetting to to do that. And the other thing, just to come back to that, um, what I said earlier about kind of Google Analytics trying to help. So there is now Google have launched this ability to connect your GA three properties to your GA four, and it's now coming up um, automatically and says, "Do you want to connect this GA three to this GA four? And what they're doing there is they're giving people the ability to automatically populate um, things like exclusion lists and audiences and goals um, that were in, in, in their GA3 property um, and automatically bring them over into GA4, um, which is which is good potentially. Uh, but uh, so just but, but be careful when you're when you're doing that um, and just make sure that everything is is kind of populated. But those were definitely be the the biggest kind of opportunities, issues that we see when people move over to GA4. When is AI just going to be able to do all this is my, is my one. I guess you may not know that, but it seems like that, it seems like you just have an AI that just like crawls your site. You put in your basic objectives of what you want to do in plain English and it just connects like a, like one of those little matrix uh, yeah. robots that climbs into Neo's belly, you know? Probably not too far away because if you, you know, you think about e-commerce, I mean, people are largely looking for the same pieces of data, you know, what's, what's happening on my site in terms of conversion rates and traffic sources and items and categories and we're probably not too many years away from it (laughs) i'll be glad i'll be glad when it comes but for now you got to listen to this podcast get ga4 set up and you mentioned the report you know the basic report the the uh, source medium uh report that allows you to see uh conversions by traffic source what other sort of custom reports do you think brands need to set up in ga4 i think this three that I would kind of rec- recommend. So, so GA4 is definitely still missing some, some key things that are still available in GA3. Um, but they're kind of, I don't know, hoping, expecting <laughs> people to, to get in and, and sort of kind of play around with the, with the reporting side, the explorations as they're called. And so there's three, I think that I would recommend, particularly for a lot of um, DTC ecom sites. So the first one is is the funnel report. So the funnel report, as it uh, kind of the name suggests, uh, is a report that will kind of show you the steps that people take through your through your site. And you know, for an ecom site, it might be something like the first uh, the, the people that are coming coming into the site, and then are they looking at um, you know key pages, possibly product pages might be a good um, sort of step two. And then maybe a step three would be an add to cart and step four would, would be a purchase. Um, so that would be a reasonable funnel. And there's actually a kind of default report um, in the ex- in the explorations where you kind of put together your custom reports. They've got a template gallery and one of them is the funnel report. And it does it, it breaks that out quite nicely by uh, device category. So you can see this the funnel data by uh, mobile, desktop, tablet, smart TV, whatever, um, sort of main device categories. And that's a nice little report, I think, particularly for, for e-com sites. Uh, the next one I would probably recommend is the user lifetime report. Again, this is one of the default um, ones that's available in the gallery. And the lifetime report is really interesting because it uh, organizes it by 
um, medium, you can change that to source or whatever you want um, in terms of the actual data. But the default one then will show you the, the total users and then the lifetime uh, average for those users from this particular, in this case, uh, I'll use medium as the, as the example. And then it gives the lifetime engagement duration and the lifetime transactions. And it's a, it's a really interesting report because you can very quickly see it's got a nice kind of bar chart and you can very quickly see which of your mediums, you know, is providing that, you know, that really good lifetime value. And I was looking at one for, for a client there the other day and we could see that people who come in from video, for example, while they're very small in terms of the, the actual numbers compared to, you know, paid search, paid social, organic traffic, whatever it might have been. Um, but the lifetime average was about 10 times more in terms of the dollar value compared to organic and, uh, and, and paid, uh, paid advertising. Um, yeah, and the whole, you know, the, their, their engagement duration was, was significantly more and the, um, and the average uh, number of transactions was, was significantly more as well. So, so that was a really Super interesting report, you know, that shows, you know, Is that an example of one that was not available in GA3, but is available as sort of out of the box in GA4? Yeah. I mean, there is, there are lifetime reports in, in GA3, but, but this one is just laid out, just laid out that much better. And, um, it's just a really nice, really nice report. So, so definitely that's the second one I would recommend. And then the third one, um, Eric would be the conversions one. Again, this is very, very econ focused. The, uh, the conversions report will show you your purchase event, as it's called now, um, and your source. And you can have a look at your um, your conversions, your event value. Um, and it's got three tabs kind of by, by default. And you can have a look at your um, number of conversions by, by date is another one of the tabs. And then the sort of the main tab is, again, done by device category. So your mobile, desktop, tablet, etc. Um, and you can see then the the conversions, the event, the, the value of the conversions, you know, if you really, if you want to add numbers to your uh, events, not just purchases, such as your, your add to carts and your begin checkouts and your email signups, et cetera, you can, you can do that. Um, you can do that as well. So, so those would be the three kind of default um, reports that I would kind of recommend. And they're all in that nice template gallery. So the funnel, the user lifetime and the conversions. Nice. Get them set up. Uh, and while we're going full geek, let's go and talk about server side tracking, which is again this it's an alternative to the to the cookie world, which which again opens up some certain possibilities. What's what's happening on the server to server tracking side, and how maybe even back up even for me as a layman, just a little bit of elevator pitch on what server to server tracking is versus what came before. Yeah, so server side tracking has come about because of the whole cookie-less world that we're all, we're all heading into. So whenever iOS 14.5 hit and Apple said, yeah, no, we're not, we're not opting in uh, uh, people automatically. Um, basically, we're opting them out unless they want to opt back in. And suddenly the, the lack of cookies meant, you know, a lot of a big loss of data. So, so whereas everything used to happen on your, your browser essentially is what cookie tracking is. Um, they've, when you do server-side tracking, the, the, the data that was, being handled by the cookies on your on your browser is now being pushed off to a third-party server, and so this server is now becomes essentially first-party tracking. So it's handling all of the data. There's no third-party. There's no cookies, um, and it's a much better way of, of tracking. And just to give you some sort of stats on what we're seeing with our with our clients, 
typically clients when they go to server-side tracking are seeing between a 10 to 30% increase in attribution to the various platforms. So so the, the amount of traffic that's being classified as direct and none is going down and we're seeing this 10, 10 to 30% increase um, in attribution for you know wherever you're sending your traffic from Facebook paid or Google paid or wherever it might wherever it might be so it's it's it is a, a very worthwhile option in terms of going going server side tracking um, your options so I think on the last podcast I talked about a company called Elevar uh, who are still out there so they're one of these companies that have got a it's uh, got of improved tracking it, essentially what they're doing is they're intercepting your traffic coming from Shopify, so this would be a Shopify-specific uh, uh, option. They intercept it, they use their server on, on the server side, and then they send the, the data through to, to GA, to, to GA4 in this, in this particular example. Um, so Elevar is still there. There's a company called Little Data, who are very similar to Elevar, who are doing server-side tracking. Triple Whale, a lot of people probably have heard about, and maybe they're using Segment, segment.com. They're another company who are, as part of their offering, are offering server-side tracking. And of course, you could try and do it yourself if you've got the the technical capability. Um, set up your Google Cloud server, and, <laughs> um, and there's there's lots of tutorials out there showing you how to, how to do it. Um, but of course, you know, setting up a cloud server has got has got cost implications as well. So if you're probably a small to medium-sized business and you're running something like Shopify, then one of those options I've just mentioned there is probably uh, something to go and go and explore, but but definitely definitely worthwhile in terms of the the better attribution that that um, that you will get. Better attribution, better fidelity with your data. What I'm wondering is if you're having all these like server to server connections, is there the opportunity to like send more data or to enrich the data in different ways that wasn't possible in the cookie world? Um. Or is it really just event based? It's just going to send. It's just going to send cleaner events when things happen. It's just. It just sends better. You, you know. It, it just tracks. It just tracks better. Um, you know, people who are blocking cookies or people who are coming back again or whatever it might be. It just gets better quality. Just better quality of of, of data. So um, yeah. Very cool. Anything else to add in the uh, from the Google world from the the technical Google world? Just kind of going back to fundamentals, Eric, what, what I would say was, you know, don't give up on GA3 right now necessarily. A <laughs> um, couple of instances I, I would give for that. First was actually this past week, um, one of our relatively new clients came to us and said, you know, our GA4 data isn't adding up to our Shopify data. And when we looked at it, it was because their subscription uh, transactions weren't being passed through to GA4 and on, upon further investigation it was because the app who I shall not name um, that they were using to handle their subscriptions doesn't still su- support GA4 so it still only supports GA3 um, so that might be an example where you'd want to stick with um, uh, I would uh, you know set up your GA4 for sure because uh, you're getting some data there right now but um, you know, but if it's missing half of your conversion data because half the people uh, subscribe, then you know it's not going to be that useful. So, so obviously that would be an example to stick with with GA three. Audit your tech stack and make sure that your partners are on the same wavelength. Yeah, too. And even Shopify. I mean, Shopify still haven't natively gone 
to to um, to GA four. You know, you go into that yeah. preferences section. It's it's GA three code that, that it still needs. Now, apparently, that's going to change this month, but it still hasn't. Uh, so so that's a huge issue. And it, and of course, GA GA four itself, uh, Eric, still isn't. You know, still isn't the finished article. Um, and they did this with GA three because I'm old enough to remember uh, whenever it launched. Um, you know, the beta versions were okay, and then sort of the last minute. There was all of these reports suddenly suddenly appeared, you know. So if you're going looking for your um, your attribution section in GA three, is that all there in GA four? No, it's not because you can still only do model comparisons and conversion paths, um, as opposed to some of the other stuff you can do in GA three. Your conversion probability section and your behavior part of GA three still isn't in GA four. So there's still things in, that aren't there natively. You know, you can go digging, um, but I think. If Google wants to get people, you know, going to GA4 as their platform of choice, then they still need to beef up the um, the kind of the default reporting that's that's there. I love that Google, just like the All Killer No Filler podcast, is doing it live. <laughs> they're, they're moving at the speed of science, and they're yeah, it's, it's all happening so quickly. It's it's super interesting, and I would say until there is an AI out there just to take all this over for you, you should just consider going to pilothouse.co. You get to work with Richard. It's a no-brainer. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast on GA3, GA4. Uh, We'll be back with technical updates on all these platforms. Richard, thanks for coming on All Killer No Filler. You're very welcome. I hope uh, people find it riveting. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's All Killer No Filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.